And it, let's kind of keep an attitude of worship. You guys can go grab your seats right now. And we're going we're gonna to carry on with the next part of our night. Go ahead and grab a seat. want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, my name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team here, and it's good to have you. I first of all, just want to say welcome to my CA students' family, week in and week out. Man, I love you guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, but I also want to give a special welcome to anyone that may be here for the first time or maybe be here for the second time. We're so glad that you guys decided to join us. Thanks for uh, coming and hanging out with us on a Wednesday night. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk just for a second about what we're going to do right now. What we're going to do right now is every week at CA Students, it, we open up the Bible. Why do we do that? We do that because here at CA Students and really Christians everywhere, we believe that the Bible is a book that's not just inspiring, but it's inspired. It's, we believe that the Bible is literally God's words to us. And so that when we come to God's word, when we come to the Bible, we can actually experience God himself speaking to us. And so we're not interested in a weekly TED Talk, right? We're not interested weekly in hearing a speech. We're interested weekly in coming as a family to hear the words of God together. Amen? Amen. amen. Also, if you're unfamiliar with that, sometimes we just say amen. It's like, yeah. I agree with that, right? And so feel free to say that too. Um, with, as we talk about the Bible right now, we're in a teaching series called Already Loved. Already Loved. And here's, here's the big idea of the series, is that God loved us before we ever loved him, before we were lovable in any way. God loved us first. God sent his son to save us while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of him. And because we are already loved by God, we can be completely satisfied and sustained by his love. But not only that, but being already loved by God transforms the way that we're able to love each other. I'm able to do relationships with other people differently because I'm already fulfilled and sustained by God's love. Amen? Amen. So in this series, we're just going to be talking about different categories of relationships and how we can do those differently because we're already loved. When I was in eighth grade, I was having a sleepover with a buddy of mine. We were having a good time. We slept in. Uh, then the next morning, I was reading a book. And he shot me with a Nerf gun. And the first time you get shot with a Nerf gun, you're like, ah, funny. You toss the dart back. I go back to reading get shot with another Nerf dart. I'm like, bro, you're across the room. It's not even a good shot. Like, it's, it's not as funny the second time, right? I'm like, oh, okay, throw the dart back. It's like, okay, bro, that, that's fine. We can stop now. Okay, bro, stop. Bro, right? <laughs> you, you know the sequence. You know how it goes. It's like, I'm slowly losing my patience, and you're not picking up on the context clues that this is losing its funniness rapidly, right? And it kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, bro, like, stop. Really stop. Or like, or I'll come and stop it, Right? And he shot me again. So I went and stopped it, right? There's a point where, like, I don't know if you've ever kind of, like, wrestled with a friend. But there's a turning point where it's kind of like, ha-ha, we're wrestling to, like, no, we're fighting. <laughs> uh, when it's a physical altercation, right? Uh, and eventually I got all the Nerf darts and I threw them out the window. And it was a, a victory, right? Apparently we made enough of a commotion that my friend's mom comes in 
and visits us. And my first thought is like, finally, a sane adult that's going to take my side and everything's going to be fine, right? And so I kind of feel like my anger starting to... And then homeboy says, he started it. I was reading, <laughs> right? Like, there is no way, there is no interpretation of how I started this, right? And so then I just, like, my anger level went to, like, above where it was while we were fighting, right? And so he and I are, like, squabbling back and forth, squabbling back and forth. And his mom says this line. She says, I don't care who started the fighting. I care who's going to start the forgiving. Ouch. <laughs> right? I don't care who started the fighting. I care who's going to start the forgiving. You know, see, students, friendships are easy until they're not, right? Friendships, you kind of have this, like, misconception that, like, oh, because I'm their friend, we're kind of, like, the same in some way, and so we're always going to gel, and we're going to get along. That's not true, because your friend is a sinner, and you are a sinner, which means that just by our very, like, predispositions, we, we don't always do the right thing. We don't always get along with each other, right? Anyone can be a friend when you get along with someone, but what happens when feelings get hurt? What happens when trust is broken? What happens when there's a breaking in the friendship? The natural, the human, what the Bible calls the flesh response is to retaliate, right? But if you just stop and stop and think about it rationally, retaliation always leads to escalating, right? No one has ever retaliated at an equal or less, lesser level, right? It's like, oh, they got me, so I'm going to take it to here. And then they take it to there, and it escalates. And if you can just stop and think about it rationally, you can see how that's not going to work. That's not going to work to keep a relationship alive if you are willing to let things escalate. And it's easy to think, well, if they would just apologize, I would be so magnanimous as to accept their apology. Right? Like, if they, if they would apologize, then, then we could make this work. You know who else is thinking that? them, <laughs> right? And so you're at this stalemate, assuming that, well, they did this, and they said you did that, and well, if they would just apologize, well, if you would just apologize, and nothing's going to happen unless someone takes an initiative to forgive. Nothing's going to change unless someone forgives first. I want to read, I want to take us to God's word, Philippians chapter 2. There's this guy named the Apostle Paul. And he's writing to a church in Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians, right? And they were having some trouble getting along. And these are the words he writes in chapter 2. Paul says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort in his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Take notes. Be humble. Here, here comes one. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Ouch. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now here, here's what we're going to dial in on. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. He gave up his position and took the, on that as a slave and was born as a human being. 
When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, students, Jesus went first, right? He, he, he chose to become last so that we could be saved. Do you see that? He initiated becoming last to help others be raised up. God loved us first. He took the initiative of humility. That means he started it. But he didn't start the fighting. He started the humbling. And he started with himself. You see, before we ever apologized for our sin, before we ever wanted or loved him, he humbled himself so that we could be saved. See, students, we're already loved by God. Do you know it? That means that we can be fully satisfied and sustained by him. But it also means that we have a new source, a new power to draw from in our relationships. If you're in Christ, you are able to love. You are able to be patient, to forgive, to assume the best about each other. Why? Because Jesus is not just our example, he's also our new source. And so when I'm in a relationship with someone, it's not just my little limited love that I'm able to give. The unlimited, perfect love of God is flowing through me. That's why I'm able to be patient. That's why I'm able to forgive. You see, because here's, here's the main point for you tonight. If you're taking notes on your handout, here it comes. Because we were loved by God first, we can love others first. Because we were loved by God first, we can love others first. Because God went first in humility, so can we. So I want to give you just three ways in your relationships with your friends, really relationships across the board, but especially with your friends, three ways that you can go first in the relationship. First is we humble ourselves first. We humble ourselves first. I want to go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, students, stop and think about it for a second. When Jesus was in heaven, he was right and we were wrong. He was holy and righteous, and we were sinful, right? And yet, that was not his highest concern. Jesus' highest concern was loving and saving us. He set aside being right so that he could be loving. Do you see that? What, what does that mean? It means that Jesus knew what he wanted the most. And he wasn't most interested in being proven right. He was most interested in loving us. See, students, I wonder if that could be a helpful question to ask ourselves when we're in the heat of disagreement with frustration, frustration and conflict with each other. Asking the question, what do I want the most? Do I want to be proven right in this moment? Do I want to win this conversation? Or do I want to love this person? Do I want to be like Christ here? See, students, if you want to be a good friend, if you want relationships to work, sometimes you need to let go of being right in order to be loving. There's going to be some times where you just need to take the L in a conversation, in a relationship. And if it sounds like, 
losing, it's like, ah, oh, but I hate losing. You're right. But here's the secret. It's not you losing, it's your pride that's losing. And you are making space for grace, for love, and for the relationship to win. If you are willing to let your pride lose, to humble yourself first, even if you're right, even if you're sure they're right, you're right, and you still say like, and you still apologize first, yes, your pride is losing, but that relationship, love, is going to win. But if you choose to win your conversations, you're probably going to lose your relationships. You see, before the other person asks for forgiveness, you need to apologize. Ask for forgiveness for any part that you had. Being right in this circumstance is not worth sacrificing being loving. See, students, wouldn't you rather be made like Christ than be proven right? <laughs> you see, even though Christ was right, he let people defame, abuse, and kill him. The whole while asking God to forgive the people who were doing it just for the chance that we might say yes to his love. And you know what happened? At the end of it all, God proved him right. Jesus didn't need to prove that he was right in front of everyone else because he wanted to save us. But God proved him right in the end. He vindicated him by raising him from the dead. That's why it says now he is elevated to the place of highest honor and has been given a name that is above all other names. See, students, will you fight for your own rightness or will you sacrifice? And if you do that, you'll sacrifice love along the way. Or will you humble yourself? Taking the loss on yourself so that relationships can heal. And you will await the Father's vindication at the end. First, we humble ourselves first. Second, we forgive first. Going back to Colossians chapter 3, the next verse, th verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Can I tell you a secret that's going to serve you really well getting along with people? You're a sinner, and so is everyone else. So you know what you should do? You should plan on people failing you. Because they will. And also because you're going to fail other people as well. And so I love that this verse says, make allowance for each other's faults. It, it, it's almost like if when you're budgeting, you leave a little margin for things that you can't account for or expect, a little emergency fund. Leave an emergency fund of people offending you, right? Because it's going to happen. But if you make some margin anticipating that it's going to happen, you're not going to be shocked. It's like, oh, man, that hurt my feelings. But I don't suddenly question that this, this must be a bad person. No, this is just a person that's not perfect, right? You see, this is... This is how we live in an anti-drama culture. You have to choose this, right? But drama, it, it subsists, it thrives, it lives on indignation over the fact that someone could have failed you, right? It's like, can you believe that this person did this? And then we spread it and it gets everywhere and then people start hating each other. They have no reason, and it's, it's terrible. But it's all based on this idea that, can you believe this person failed me? Can you believe they did that? My short answer is yes, because they're a sinner, and so are you, right? I am completely dependent on the fact that other people are making allowance for my faults too, right? And first and foremost, God paid whatever it costs to cover my faults, to cover my failures, so that I could be saved and redeemed. See, students, we should be the fastest forgivers on the planet. 
because we've been, if you're in Christ, you've been absolved of everything. Everything you've ever done wrong, God has forgiven. Of course, this one thing with this person, we can forgive that. Of course we can. We've been forgiven everything. I want to be clear. Forgiving someone is not saying that what they did wasn't wrong. It's not saying that it's not a big deal. In fact, the very language of forgiveness indicates that it was something wrong. There's something to forgive, right? Forgiveness, rather, is saying, I don't condemn you, right? And you're still going to stand before God and give an account for your life. And depending on what you do for, with Jesus, that's going to determine whether or not you're condemned, right? But as for me, I don't condemn you. And that paves the way for reconciliation to happen when you're willing to forgive someone. It's the only way that you can clear the path for two people to walk towards each other again. We humble ourselves first. We forgive first. And thirdly, lastly, we encourage each other first. We encourage each other first. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, three in a row, says this, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. You see, forgiveness and humbling ourselves, that's, that's reacting to kind of conflict that's happening. But encouragement, this is proactive. This is something that we can do just to strengthen our relationships. And I know that some, I've thought this. I know some people think this. Sometimes we can think, man, if people would just encourage me more, then my tank would be more full and I'd be able to be more encouraging to others. Can I just remind you, you're already loved by an unlimited, perfect love from the Father. He is giving you all the supply that you need to be generously kind and encouraging to others. And here's the secret. Instead of saying, if I was encouraged more, then I would encourage others, it's actually the reverse. If you encourage others, you're going to discover that you get encouraged more too. Because you create a culture, you create a space where that becomes normal, where that becomes desirable and lovely. Let's be a part of making that. See, students, don't wait to encourage others until they encourage you. You take the initiative. You encourage them first. You're already loved. You have what it takes because God is in you to encourage others. Humbling ourselves and forgiving others, it's a reaction to repair some damage. But encouragement is proactive to strengthen relationships and take them to the next level. See, students, don't hold back. Don't let a single kind, encouraging thought go through your head that doesn't get spoken. Who knows? God speaks to us all the time, and a lot of time he speaks to us through other people. What if God wants to speak to someone through you? What if you could be the mouthpiece that the Holy Spirit uses to encourage, to strengthen, to bolster someone's faith? Don't miss that opportunity. If something kind comes into your head and you're like, well, it's not the right moment, make it the right moment. <laughs> Can I, it's always the right moment to encourage someone. See you, students. Don't wait for a right moment. Take the initiative. Make it happen. I just want to say, we're, we're like this in a lot of ways already. And I'm really proud of you guys. But I just want to keep calling us to it. Let's be the most encouraging youth group that there's ever been. We can do that. We can do that with our words. We can use our words to build each other up. Everyone is desperate for encouragement. And we have everything we need in Christ, both to be blessed and to be a blessing. So let's be generous with our kindness and encouragement because Jesus has been so generous to us. Amen? Hey, we're just going to wrap it up in one minute. If you want to be a good friend, it comes down to the fact that if you're in Christ, you already have a friend who is perfect. 
and who loves you with a perfect love. And because, and who has loved you first. He has modeled how to do friendship. He has modeled how to love one another. And it's to take initiative. It's to do it first, even before, right? Some people say, like, don't just look for friends. Become a friend. And then you'll discover that you have friends around you, right? Become the kind of friend that you're looking for. See, and here's the secret. It's all about following the way Jesus has done it. Because we're loved by God first, we can love others first. Even when they've hurt us, we can humble ourselves first. We can forgive first. And we can encourage first. I just know that because this is the word of God and not just my thoughts or my opinions, I, I trust that the Holy Spirit's speaking to each of us. And I'm, I'm confident that when I talk about humbling yourself first, when I talk about forgiving first, when I talk about encouraging first, even when I told that funny story about my friend shooting me with Nerf darts, I'm sure faces and names have come to your mind. And you're like, yeah, but Levi, this guy. Or you don't know what she did or what she said. And you're right, I probably don't. But my question to you is, do you believe that the love of God is strong enough to sustain you and the love of God is sufficient for you then to go and take the initiative in forgiving, to take the initiative in humility. So I just want to challenge every one of you. I'm about to pray. And I just, while I'm praying, open your heart to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you show me who I need to forgive? Would you show me who I need to apologize to? Would you show me who I need to just run, right after we say amen, run around and encourage, right? Don't leave this place without responding to God's invitation and becoming that friend. Amen? Jesus, thank you for being with us. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. God, I pray that you would, you're at work transforming us. God, I pray that you would remove blind spots that we have where we feel just so self-righteous <laughs> and reveal to us that you're the righteous one and you set aside your status so that you could love us. God, help us to do the same thing. Help us to take the initiative to love one another. May we become a family that is so marked by the love of God because you love us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. CA students, sure love you guys.